Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Roleplay Recon does not own any parts of the movies we recon, nor are we associated with the people who make them. Also, as a general warning, I'm probably going to do a cuss and talk about many mature adult things. The soundtrack for this series features music by the Pine Hill Haints. Check them out anywhere you get music online. Everyone, welcome to Roleplay Rehash. So this is the episode where we take the series we just did along with the uh, the movie that we just did and we just rehash it all out. So we talk about the movie and um, what each of us thought about it and would do differently and also about the series and about how well we think we did with it. I'm Jinzy, the director. We have uh, Ben and Alex who are playing Alain and Cuthbert respectively. Hi. Hello. Our guest star for this series is Rev Deshane, and he is playing Roland Deshane. Hi. Thank you for joining us, Rev. Yeah, of course. Rev is the game master of The Crit Show, which is a super awesome podcast, which I actually really love, and um, yeah, so thank you for being here, Rev. So... First things first, I am going to start us off by talking about the movie. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Dark Tower movie itself. And personally, my thoughts on the Dark Tower movie itself is that it was trash. And I'm sorry if you disagree, but I think that it was trash. I have so, so many issues with this movie. First of all, I don't think it should have been a movie at all. I think it should have been, right from the get-go, it should have either been a series of movies or even just a, a television series with really long episodes. And I know that for the longest time, they kept going back and forth and in at least two or three times, it was supposed to be a series and various people were supposed to direct it and star in it and write it. And what we were left with, I did not like. One of the things that I did not like about the movie was not only was it just one movie that was trying to capture this seven or eight books worth of things, but it was a 90 minute movie trying to capture all of that. And Y'all, they didn't even do that with The Hobbit, which was like 90 pages. They split that into two movies. Like, what? come on. Three. Three. Three movies. And like, this thousands of pages that are just... I have a lot of big feelings about this movie. None of them are good. Actually, that's not true. Not all of them are bad. So, um, I actually think that Idris Elba could have been a very good Roland. I think Idris Elba is great, and in the right movie or series, it should have been series, he would have been great. And I don't just say that because I'm madly in love with Idris Elba. 
but also because I feel like he could have done it. And also, I feel like Matthew McConaughey could have been a good man in black. I wasn't really on board with either of their portrayals in the movie, though. Um, I felt like, as a whole, the movie was convoluted. They tried to fit way too much into way too little of a time. They left out, in my opinion, everything that made the books beautiful and good. They left out all of the heart. They didn't even really include a lot of action. There was like one action scene which was okay, but other than that, I felt like there was nothing that it had going for it. And also Jake, bless. I didn't like anything about Jake's character, anything that they decided to do with him. The The main things that I would have done differently would have been, of course, to have made it into a series and also just to do nothing that they did in the movie. Those are my opinions on the movie. Of course, I really, really love this book and all of the books. And so that is why I chose this. And now I want to hear about what you guys thought about the movie itself. So let's go ahead and start with Rev. Can we start with you, our guest star? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the casting across the board for this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Even when you look at some of the minor characters with the larger actors that they got for them, you know, the three main characters, like, I think everybody was cast really well, but none of them had the motivations that they have in the book. Mm. And so they weren't given a, like, Roland, he does not have the essence of the last gunslinger. Mm -hmm. He is doing this entirely for revenge, which right there just kind of gets the character wrong from the first step. Yeah, I mean, the whole, it is, the, the movie's a mess. Mm. Um, <laughs> the thing that I would have done is what Stephen King hinted at on, on his, uh, I think it was his Instagram or his Twitter, Stephen King hinted that the movie, he didn't even hint, he flat out said it, that the movie was going to be taking place after the final book. Mm-hmm. And I and like so I don't want to say too much about that in case someone hasn't read the books, but there's a very specific event that happens at the end of the books that kind of shows you the beginning of the story again. And it's different. Mm-hmm. There's something different about it. And the impression that that King gave was that, like, yeah, that's right. This picks up where the books end. Which is an awesome, like, that would make an interesting story for people who don't know the books and would be a really awesome thing for people who love the books. Mm-hmm. But this was not that. <laughs> this wasn't even the books, let alone a sequel to the books. Um, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't belong as a movie. I, I wish that Amazon had continued through with their Dark Tower series, because I think that that cast was pretty amazing, and I would have loved to have seen how that all went. Yeah, I mean, the, the visuals in it weren't, all, all that stunning, and, you know, like I said, the cast is the only thing that kind of holds that movie together, mm-hmm. and a lot of them just have weird or no motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rev. And um, may I say I agree with just so much of what you said, but one of the things that I really feel like is important to touch on is that this was supposed to be a sequel, and in the movie, if you ha- had no idea what was going on, maybe they hinted at it a little bit being a sequel. Like, I can see that they did that, but they did not follow through with it. It could have been just so much better than it was. Thank you, Rev. And that's, the, like, the key thing about if it had been a sequel to the books, someone who was unfamiliar with the books 
wouldn't have known and it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. It really is just, it being a sequel to the books is really just an Easter egg for people who read the books. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child where like, oh, this is blatantly a sequel to the book series. Mm -hmm. It just has a really slight adjustment that lets you know it is a continuation. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rev. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we move on? Uh, I, I mean, really just my sadness that Amazon canceled their series because we would have gotten to see Michael Rooker as Eldred Jonas, and I think that would have been amazing. Yeah. All right. Ben, why don't you go next? Tell us what you thought about the movie. There's not... I, I don't think that there's very much wrong with this movie, like, minute to minute. Like, if you watch one minute of this movie, it's okay. It's like, everyone is at least a passable actor, and the action scenes are kind of cool if you don't think about the fact that Roland would not throw bullets into the air and then catch him in his gun to reload them. I've said that I wanted Forrest Whitaker to be Roland because I thought he should be, like, an old and kind of scary guy. Jinsey did not agree with that <laughs> one time when I said that. Oh, God. I don't think I agree with that either. Yeah. Roland is a hottie, okay? He's a hottie, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Not that, not, not that Forrest Whitaker is not great. There have been good movies that have made that same mistake. Like, like they did that with Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings. Like, they cast Viggo Mortensen, who's very attractive, in this role where he's supposed to be a scary dude. I think the most infuriating thing about this is it's really weird that this movie is full of, like, Dark Tower Easter eggs, and they're not really about the Dark Tower, like, at all. It's like the movie's desperate to convince you that it's a fan of the Dark Tower, but all it really knows is, like, trivia. <laughs> I actually don't... I might talk about this a little more later. I don't hate that it's not a faithful adaptation of the plot, and I might have even forgiven some missing the mark, but it, it just... It goes against it so much. The stupid, the tower defends against, like, monsters from another dimension thing is, like, the worst thing. And that's, like, one of the cruxes of the plot and the thing that was used a lot in the, like, marketing materials is this, like, Roland versus Walter, light versus darkness thing. But, boy, I know we said we were, I'm gonna try to steer around some spoilers for the Dark Tower here, but, like, I'm, I'm gonna say... Maybe moving forward, if you've not read the books, you may want to, like, skip out on this one. R Roland doesn't really do that. He's not, like, good versus evil. He doesn't, like, fight his villains. Uh, half the time, he, like, beefs it while his friends pick up the slack. So this dramatic showdown, I think, where he, like, defeats Walter in battle is such a betrayal of the source material. I think that's where I am with that. That it infuriates me that it goes against the spirit of it. And, and not just merely, it doesn't just merely not capture it. It defies it. Thank you. I think that's a really interesting perspective because, and I think that Rev also kind of touched on that with that his main motivation, right? His core, his, his, his compass is not at all in the movie, barely even shown at all, if we're being honest. But what parts of it in the movie are shown are completely against what it is in the book. So I think that's, that's totally valid. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. All right, Alex, are you ready now to give your input? Hmm. How do I want to put this? I thought the movie was all right from an outsider's point of view. I mean, there were definitely some goofy parts in it. Uh, the CGI was a bit questionable at times. The thing that comes to mind is Matthew McConaughey catching the glass. <laughs> yeah. was pretty bad, and they made a focal point in the trailers of that. But, like, I mean, overall, I thought it was all right. It was a passable time. My biggest thing is I've never read any of the Dark... Uh, that's, a, that's a lie. I've read the first Dark Tower book, The Gunslinger, and I, I just didn't care for it enough to, to continue reading. I know basically what happens with the series, because I have a lot of friends who are deeply, deeply into this, this series. And it just, I don't know, it just, didn't, it just didn't grab me, personally. I'm not a big Stephen King fan to begin with, so... Yeah, that's, 
that's pretty much all I've got. Okay, thank you, Alex. And you know what? I think it's important that we have the perspective of someone who is not familiar with the books and who watched the movie outside of that familiarity. I mean, you you said you are somewhat familiar, so of course I don't want to say you're not familiar at all. But like someone who hasn't read the books and watching the movie. And honestly, after watching the movie... I'm not sure who this movie was made for. I'm not sure if it was made for the Alexes or the Revs. Like, I don't know. And, and you know, I don't know that they knew either. <laughs> the two types of people. Well, I mean, it, you know, you've got the people who love it and the people who either have no idea what it is or even read the first book and they didn't love it or and they're not Stephen King fans. Like, I, psh, I don't know who this movie was made for, but I feel like that is pretty telling that... The Revs didn't like it, but the Alexes thought it was okay. Like, people who were not familiar with it or who even didn't care for it were just like, yeah, this was an okay movie. And the people who loved the bugs were just like, nah, this was trash. Yeah, and you also really don't know who who they're telling, whose point of view are we following in the story, which I think is another issue. It was mainly the kids, right? Yeah, except when it's not yeah. and he's, like, kidnapped and, <laughs> and we're in other worlds. Like, initially, I think... I felt like, like part of me thought, oh, this is from Jake's point of view. That's weird and I don't love it. But then I could have been like, okay, no, this is cool because some of the books are from Jake's point of view and like, I'm cool with that. But then it just like switching around. Like if you, if you were making this whole movie from Jake's point of view, like if you wanted it to be like the lightning thief or, you know, any of those movies that's about a, a young kid learning that there is a world out there bigger than they thought and them getting sucked into it. And then you made the Man in Black and Roland kind of these bigger archetypes that you don't really see the weakness of right away. Like, let them be kind of demigods in Jake's vision. Like, I think there's a super interesting movie there of, like, there's this world out there of, like, magic and gunfighters and and they spill into this world and I have to go help. Like, that's an, that's an awesome book. But, you know, Jake seeing instantly kind of the flaws in everybody and, yeah, I, I, I don't really know who this was made for, even age-wise. Like, I don't know what, uh, what audience they were trying to hit. They may have been trying to hit everything at once and missed everything. I mean, this may be just, like, the tiniest thing, but, like, why age Jake up? They do that all the time. You know, he just talked about Percy Jackson, and they did that in that movie, too, and it was weird and bad for the same reasons. Yeah. Like, I liked that one of my favorite things about the relationship between Roland and Jake is that it it is really like this father and son relationship that it's tough. It's a tough relationship, but it's beautiful, too. And one of the things that I love about Jake is that he is so innocent, but also so powerful and they just lost all of that i felt like the one scene where he's teaching him how to shoot is like the faintest glimmer of that of like like they almost got it yeah and the, but they didn't so um next up we are going to go to our audience retcon so every series we put out things on social media saying hey y'all what would you do differently with this movie if you could do it differently and we got some really fun audience retcons so first of all i want to start with ben will you tell us about nick butler's yeah nick butler from twitter came from twitter thank you nick He says, I thought it was cool because it was my intro to the series. My friends who read the books thought it was terabad. 
after having read like half of them. I still think it's a cool film, but I don't hold things being super close to lore as dear as most people. And then we asked him, like, would you have done anything differently? And he says, well, after reading, probably. Before, nope. Perfectly fine action film. Not amazing, but it did its job. I watched it, went, huh, wonder if there's more, then read some books. Hmm. Oh, interesting. That's a really interesting perspective. So I like that he thought it was cool. And before reading it, he thought it was like perfectly fine. And and I feel like, Alex, do you have any specific thoughts about this? Because I feel like y'all I mean, I can see where he's group. coming from. Definitely. Uh, it was a passable action movie. I, I don't know if there was enough there to get me interested in the books. I, I have that perspective where I read the first book first. So there's that. But I can see where, where people might jump in on this. Oh, I mean, there's there's proof right here that that's happened. Interesting. Um, ben and Reb. Yeah, I mean, I that's I think that you get a, a similar vibe with um, a lot of lesser known comic book movies that like, oh, this this engages me enough that I want to go see what the other thing is. And I think sometimes when you see the version that people are less tied to, it's easier to like the adaptation. You know, I think the Harry Potter movies are the same way. Like, there are people who obviously love those movies, but there's a lot of people who read the books first who are like, yeah, well, I'll just read the books again. And so I think that in the sense of getting new readers, um, that's it's very cool that it had that effect. I think one of the things I didn't like about the movie was I, I would have said that, like, it was a, like a very poor ambassador, like, for this series. But, like, mm-hmm. I kind of like seeing someone saying, like, no, no, actually. Like, literally the opposite of that happening. Like, that it was a good ambassador for them. And I think that sometimes people... For example, I watched the movie Big Fish before I knew it was a book. And I saw, like, at the beginning, like, based on the book Big Fish. And I was like, what? I had no idea this was a book. And so I went out and I read the book. And I loved both of them, even though they were totally different. But Uh I feel like Big Fish is actually a pretty good movie. And it's a good adaptation, even though they do things differently. It's a book? I did not know that. It's such a good book. You should read it. Another movie that I love that is a book that I read and I love also, but they're very different, is What Dreams May Come. The book of that is amazing. And it is also my favorite Robin Williams movie. Just going to add that to my list. Yeah, it's the book is so good. So, like, one of the things that, like, I think it's cool that they watched this and they were like, oh, this is a book. Maybe I should go read the book. And that's awesome. And maybe they'll like them both. Maybe they'll love them both. I don't know. Maybe that's who this is for. Maybe we figured it out. I don't think they did a good job of it. But Nick Butler thought they did, and that's important, and that's what counts. It's not for the Alexes or the Revs. It's for the Nick Butlers. (laughs) We found them. (laughs) Do it for the Nick Butler. Do it for the Nick Butler. All right. Alex, can you read the one from Graphical Ronin? Graphical Ronin, from Twitter, says, I would have used the end of the Dark Tower novels to use it as a jumping-off point for the new series of movies where Roland finally gets it right or better yet, a movie that operates as a pilot for a prestige series on HBO or Amazon, etc. So, basically all things that we've said already. But top-notch uh, insight there, Graphical Ronin. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the input, Graphical Ronin. I totally agree. All right, uh, moving on, I'm going to... Jared Snyder is one of my friends and on Facebook, and he said... 
The story wasn't well constructed in the movie, in my opinion. In the first book, The Gunslinger, we see Roland wandering through a desert after the man in black. And as that is also a very huge plot point later, I have to ask, why was that not the opening scene? Instead, the first things you see in the movie are the man in black and the rat face people. Now, the rat people didn't even become a big plot point until around book five. So why am I seeing them first thing in the movie? The Dark Tower series is my favorite fictional story of all time. It just seems to me that they tried to cram as many of the books into one movie as they could. And if there is one thing I love most about the story, it is the journey, not the destination. The film just did not take me on a journey. I totally agree with everything Jared says. Yeah, like, that's so iconic. Honestly, I feel like The Man in Black Fled Across the Desert and The Gunslinger Followed is as iconic as Call Me Ishmael, and I'm going to die on this hill, and I don't mm -hmm. care who yeah. you are, I'm dying on this hill. So why did they not make that the opening of the movie? It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Yeah. As fucking iconic. Yeah, it's wild, because, I mean, I I know we've, we've talked about this before, but along those same lines, people use that as examples in English lit classes and writing classes of, like, how do you open your book? Because in that simple sentence, mm -hmm. it gives us three of the five W's. Mm-hmm. I might be mistaken, but didn't the movie open with that text? I believe it opened with a text, but not that scene. Yeah, definitely not the scene, but I could definitely... Just that text over black background. Yeah. Alex, I think that's a really good thing to point out. In the book, it was powerful as an opening, but when we watch a movie, like, the visual and the and the audio is... That's the whole reason they make it into movies. Oh, yeah, totally. So, sure, they put the words on the screen, but, like, did we get the visual? Like, Star Wars does that, and Star Wars is good, but they've got, like, their own iconic thing. I'm on record as I, I hate the Star Wars text crawl. It's the worst thing in the world. You're the worst thing in the world. Not in the world, but it's the worst thing about those movies. No comment. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna dig that up here. I'll I'll, I'll get to do it when we do Star Wars. If y'all want to see Star Wars stuff, become patrons because when we get what is it 20, 25, 25. patrons, we'll 25. do a Star Wars. We'll do a Star Wars movie and we can talk about it then, Ben, but not right now. Rev, can you tell us what Nicholas R. Knight? Sure. Uh, it was okay, but truly disappointing in many ways for fans of the series. To start with this should have been at least a R rating from the start, and if we're going to keep it as a movie, then it should be a 90-freaking-minute film. Oh, it should not be a 90-freaking-minute film. Uh, really would work better as a series. The actor in the main roles weren't so bad, although my first choice for Roland would have been Thomas Jane, just saying. Yeah, that's from my, my, my buddy. He's a, yeah, he's, he's got a real crush on Thomas Jane. Thank you, Nicholas R. Knight. I feel like he was saying a lot of the things that we've already said. I'll just go ahead. Chris Schatz, also on Facebook, had a, had a great comment. He said, I liked it, but I never read the books. So there we go. Thank you, Chris Schatz. Period. Full stop. Yep. Period. Full stop. He liked it, but he never read the book. So I think we're solving the mystery of who this movie was made for. <laughs> I think we are. Yeah. I think it was for the Alexes. People who have no affiliation with the books. And the Nick Butlers. It wasn't for the Revs and the Gen Cs and the Bens. It was not for us. Which is weird. Isn't it weird to like alienate the fans of the franchise in your movie? That's Hollywood, baby. As a, as a Marvel fan, I disagree. I think Marvel does a great job of telling a familiar story, but changing it enough to still appease new watchers and 
people who've been reading for a long time. Well, Mar- Marvel stands out apart from a lot of old school Hollywood. Yeah, that's fair. Speaking of Marvel, one of the things that I was thinking about is there has been a lot of talk around the internet about having a Stephen King extended universe. You know, you've got the Marvel extended universe. What about like the or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Why not like a Stephen King Cinematic Universe? And a lot of people were talking about how the Dark Tower could play perfectly into that. That could be the Avengers. Because the Dark Tower is what connects so much of the Stephen King extended universe. And I feel like if they wanted to do a cinematic universe with that, it would be so yeah, cool. Yeah, the issue is you've got to have a Kevin Feige. You've got to have someone that has the overall vision. Mm. Because like, if you look at Castle Rock, Castle Rock is a great Stephen King extended universe. You know, each series or each season is about a different element of one of his stories and you get familiar characters popping up in familiar locations, but also you have, you know, the same showrunners for that show. I I think it's so hard to make, you know, everybody wants to make an extended universe nowadays, but you have to have that kind of guiding hand who's looking at the big picture if you're bringing in, you know, a dozen different directors and 70 different writers. You've also got to have the patience to do it long term. Yeah, yeah. DC really faltered on that point. They they wanted to catch up to Marvel so bad that they made the movies that they did. We'll leave that on the table for anyone who wants to think about it. <laughs> but yeah, like Marvel's been at this for over 20 years. That's a good point too. You got to have like the longevity. You got to have that patience. I think it's probably closer to like 15 years. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. But more than a decade, right? Yeah. They've taken their time. Yeah. And if, if they wanted to do this with, with Stephen King, they'd have to equally take that time. Mm-hmm. True that. I will say, I think a lot of Stephen King's diehard fans are starting to die out. <laughs> are you saying that Stephen King fans are boomers? Present company excluded. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> they might be of an older He's not generation. It's good that they are. He's just. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm dressed for the occasion right now. I have a T-shirt on that says "Based on the novel by Stephen King," and but he's like, he's not wrong. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Initial impulse is to disagree with that because he still puts out new books and they're always in the top ten bestsellers. If his audience was dying, it seems like he'd be dropping down the charts. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, he puts out a new book like twice a year. Also, can we talk about the success of It Chapter One and It Chapter Two? Pretty good. Yeah. Hella successful. And you know why? Because those were good movies. Doctor Sleep, too, was a almost a direct adaptation. Mm-hmm. Misery was a good movie. And it is, I'm pretty sure, generally considered to oh, be sure. a good movie. He, he gets, like, real hitter. Like, sometimes his, his adaptations, like, go Lawnmower Man. And sometimes his adaptations go Misery. He gets he gets real hit or miss with, that, with how people treat his stuff. The Green Mile? Yeah. Everyone loves The Green mm, Mile. Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yeah. I do love The Shawshank Redemption. One of my favorites. So. See, see, that's you, Alex. You like that. Maybe he likes his literary stuff rather than his horror stuff. Yeah, I'm not a big horror guy. To which I direct you to the Dark Tower series. Maybe one day I'll give it the old second try. But I've been saying that for 10 years. So it hadn't happened yet. So next up what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Dark Tower series that we just did on here on Roleplay Retcon. And I would like the players to give their thoughts and ideas for this series before I say anything about this for obvious reasons, I feel like. So players, I would like for you guys to tell me your thoughts and ideas on the series. And 
At the end of that, I would like to know if you could cast anyone at any period of time, young or present day, who would you cast as your character? Are you asking us to, like, critique the series, or are you asking us to retcon the retcon? I feel like those kind of go hand in hand, right? If you're retconning the retcon, that's also like a critiquing of it, isn't it? That's fair. Yes, I would like to know your critique or things that you would change or do differently or just like your thoughts and ideas on the series and your characters. So number one, I want to say the best thing like to your credit, Jincy, beyond any criticisms that come up beyond it is that like your movie corrects one of the like original movie's biggest crimes, which which it, it, to me was, I've said it already, that it wasn't a very good ambassador for the series. <laughs> Maybe it's it was okay after all. I feel like this was. The decisions you have made on how you want to do this is like a better like introduction to this is how the Dark Tower is. I, I'm also, I'm kind of like, okay, like elephant in the room. We just we just differ on our Dark Tower opinions. <laughs> like ah uh, yes, I don't hate Wizard and yeah. Glass. I don't hate Wizard and Glass. I don't. Yeah, I think you said in Rookie Camp that I hated Wizard and Glass, and I don't. I don't. I just think that book is like the least Dark Tower Dark Tower thing, and I I don't think it adds a lot to the overall narrative. But so there's there's two things in this past that Roland alludes to a lot, uh, and one of them is Susan, and the other one is the Civil War and the fall of Gilead. And I never understood why he made them those, like, two different things. Like, I think it would have been better served to combine those stories, to have made, like, it didn't need to take place in Mages. It could have taken place in Gilead just fine. I, I know that that was in response to some things that happened, but I, I think there's a way to have elegantly combined those two things. Um, and I think it would have made that story a lot more exciting. But everything I just said is kind of bullshit because that's not really how I would have done it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I don't, I don't think the Dark Tower... Even a faithful ad even as a faithful adaptation is filmable. Even as a TV show. I don't think it would work. I can be persuaded, because I used to think that about Watchmen and damn Zack Snyder actually made it work. But there's this weird thing that's been happening for a few years where like a TV show or movie will adapt a piece of literature, particularly graphic novels, and they'll kinda opt to adapt the spirit of the thing, but the actual story will be really different. And um this has been done to good and bad effect. And the the biggest example I can think of that's in my stuck in my brain is the Umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of the Umbrella Academy comic books. And I was so pumped to have a screen adaptation. And I was honestly kind of disappointed when I didn't get that. But I have to admit that that show is very good. And it's also been done poorly. Like, I think the Lock and Key adaptation that Netflix did is just abysmal. It's terrible. And they kind of did the same thing. They were just trying to adapt the spirit. And I think the Dark Tower, originally their idea was that they were going to be one of these umbrella academy things where it was a story that had like elements and spirit from the dark tower but wasn't actually a page for page retelling and i actually think that that's not a bad idea i don't think that's where they fell apart and if there's anything that's like amenable to that like remix retelling of a story it's this like very meta thing like <laughs> that the dark tower would be like very amenable to that and so like now that we're at the end of this i'm so i still don't think that doing wizarding glass was 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 what and i would have totally done that's totally fair but now, now, and you know, we talked about Percy Jackson now. Now I kind of think that that would be a fun way to do things moving forward, that we just try to Umbrella Academy stuff <laughs> sometimes. Nice. Thank you so much for your input, Ben. I really appreciate that input. I think that that um, brings up a lot of good points. Thank you. Neat. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Can I do one other thing? Yes, totes. I think that, so our other very romantic series was also Gen Z's, and it was Twilight. And I think our romance was actually a little better this time. I think so, too. Well, you, you had Lee. You had Lee's 
more amenable to to do the smooching in this one. I felt like in this one, Rev was like super cool about it. And I really appreciate that, Rev, and that. And I felt like the reason that I wanted to do Wizarding Glass was... I'm going to get more into that later. But one of the reasons was the romance aspect. And I really appreciate that Rev was like cool and on board with that. Uh, ben, did you, did you have more that you wanted to talk about with the um, with the series that we did? No, I think I've talked enough. <laughs> All right, Ben. So if you could cast your character, Alain, who would you make it? So Alain is like, in the original source material for people who maybe aren't, aren't super aware, um... These two characters, like Cuthbert and Alain, actually don't get a lot of real estate. And Cuthbert even gets a little more than Alain does. So Alain is actually, like, very, very minorly developed. And a lot of my decision to make him this, like, sweaty, nervous guy was just based on, like, a couple of lines from Wizard and Glass. Mm -hmm. And so I think I ended up, like, accidentally making him, like, kind of a comedic character. And at first, I thought that I was beefing it, like that I was doing bad, but then I kind of ended up enjoying it. Okay. Um, and so, like, kind of based on that, I really think it'd be fun if it was uh, Gaten Matarazzo. Oh, Gaten! Yeah. From Stranger Things? Yeah. Well, he's getting he's getting on up there now, but I think at the time, he would have been about right. In 2017, he would have been about right. <laughs> That's a good choice. I love him. Oh. All right, Alex. Hi. So I want to hear your ideas and input about the series first, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. As far as as how I would have done it, I think I would have started at the Gunslinger. I know that would probably be pretty difficult given the uh, three-player structure that we do here. How would you have done it with the three-player structure? I really see. I just don't know much about the uh, the source material. I know we've got uh, Roland. And the little boy at the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have done it. But I think that would have been the proper place to start. Mm -hmm. uh, a movie, anyway. As far as I see... Uh, as far as your, our series, uh, you, you probably started off right. Now that I think about it. Just just because of the way we... Do. I don't know. I, I think a lot of... Uh, I think of the, a lot of the problem... With, with our series is we just do a lot of plotting along. Mm -hmm. I, I know I didn't do a very good job of, of directing us as characters uh, toward a path. And, 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 and things might have like slowed down uh, maybe the first <laughs> four or five episodes because of that. But I think overall, I, th I think overall we did all right. Okay. Uh, especially for me not knowing anything about this. I think you did a better job of Cuthbert than Stephen King did. Maybe. Maybe it was blasphemous, but. I think you got. I think you did a like. Cuthbert's supposed to be funny in the book, and but Stephen King's not really that funny of a guy. So Cuthbert just kind of ends up being an unfunny. He's just Chandler. <laughs> okay, rude. I like Chandler. <laughs> Cuthbert is so good in the book. I love him. Well, I'm being nice to Alex, a real person, and mean to Cuthbert, a not real <laughs> Alex person. Alex is amazing and hilarious and wonderful, and I love him. Eh. In order to build someone up, you don't have to break someone else down, Ben. Cuthbert's not a real person. <laughs> yeah, but Stephen King is, okay? And he's going to listen to this podcast, and he's going to get his feelings hurt. Well, then I probably shouldn't talk too much more. <laughs> Stephen King's going to be listening to this. But yeah, I can't. I honestly, I, I don't know how I would have done any of this. So my, my hat's off to you, Jensi. I don't know how I could have, have taken the reins of, of, of such a monumental thing. I'm waving my arm. You can't see that. I can see it in <laughs> my mind, in my heart. In your mind's eye. Yes. Can I ask you a question, Alex? Sure. Did you ever get, like, lost in the weeds with some of the, like, lore? 100%. 
Mm. Yeah. Y'all would just say stuff and I'd be like, what's, what's that now? Mm. I'm worried that we all did kind of like a rough job at that. Like, what's a thinny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did. Now, we did explain that at length. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I wondered, like, every time we'd say the good man and John Farson, I'm like, if you weren't listening close, you might not know that those are the same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I've got like... Maybe instead of critiquing, I I have some questions Mm -hmm. from a non-book reader or series knower. (laughs) So we end up shooting what what I assumed, what was told to me, was the good man, or Roland did. Did that happen? In the source material? Yeah. Oh, no. No? (laughs) Yeah, Jensi even made the good man, the man, like Walter. And that like that's not true. Okay, but I but I like that better because wait wait, wait. Have... did you say that's not true? It's not right. He's just he's part of the the red, but he's not actually Walter Odin, right? No, it's the same. It's the same guy. I don't know if you have you ever read the comics because the comic books cover the the fall of Gilead. Well, that's good. I mean, he should be anyway because yeah, you should combine characters. That's like a good storytelling thing. So like he gets shot, but then he comes back. No, he doesn't get shot. Okay. So so to answer Alex's question. A lot of the things that happened in this series did not happen in the books. Yeah, the good man doesn't show up in the book. Rock and roll. I mean, he shows up a little bit for a second, but not really to Roland. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, like, to your credit, when I was saying earlier that they kind of should have combined the fall of Gilead and this story, you kind of did that. You just said, nah, but we're going to have the battle in mages instead of in Gilead. Cool. So I like that. All right. I think that was my ma- my one major question that was on my brain. Thank you, Alex. But yes, to answer your question, no. I, I think that I was doing the thing where I was I was not being very faithful to that book. Yeah, we can do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. So if you could cast Cuthbert, who would you make him? I, I've been thinking about this, and I have, I have three... I got three choices. All right, I got my Google uh, looker ready. Sp- span span the eras. You're not going to need to Google too oh. much. Uh, the first one was um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, who was rumored to be playing Cuthbert in the Amazon series. Interesting. I believe. Um, way back when. I just looked this up. We have the same birthday. Cute. Are y'all the same age? No, he's a few years older than me. You better send him a card. I've heard that if you do that, sometimes they'll send you back something. <laughs> we'll see. I heard Michael Jordan would do it, which I have the same birthday as him, so I should have done that. <laughs> I have the same birthday as, birthday as uh, Gary Sinise. I have the same birthday as Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, but my, my second choice, <laughs> my second okay, choice. Okay, well, we've all, we've all done it. We have to let Rev do one. Who do you have the same birthday as? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rev doesn't know. Rev is like, uh, these other people have the same birthday as me. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we please move on, Rev? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rev. Okay, sorry. Continue, Alex. My my second choice, which 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 came up to me, was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like traveling through time to get these guys? I am traveling through time. <laughs> A young Jonathan Taylor Thomas would have been awesome. As I love that. So, like, Cuthbert's supposed to be a looker, and, like, if you were alive in the 90s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was a looker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Did you think of this after we we were like, holy shit, is that Jonathan Taylor Thomas? We were watching Tokyo Drift. (laughs) No. Okay. No. That was was Bradley Taylor, anyways. Oh, you're right. That was the other guy. The other brother. Get out of my house. Sorry. But my third choice, uh, which I, I guess... Some might view as controversial, but Ooh. I thought it would might add some just something to the role would be uh, Zendaya. 
Yeah. Oh, Alex. You know, get in there and, and mix it up. Why do they always have to be white boys? I don't know if you, you know. know this, but I really like Zendaya. I think that would be Zendaya is awesome. Man, thinking about Zendaya is Cuthbert. Yes. Mm, I love it. She's got that, you know, just that sassy wit about her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Love it. I think She's it would work. Love it. All right. Thank you so but much. Yeah, that's all I got. Thank you, Alex. No problem. All right, Rev, are you feeling pretty okay about the thing that you're doing? Yeah, now? yeah, now that I, I I see the form and the structure. Tear us a new one. Eat us alive. Uh, I think that the I think the book choice was the best option, uh, especially since, you know, you have the three-player structure. You picked the story that is about three people and their journey. Um, you know, if you try to do the first book... I, I don't know. Do you have the third person be the man in black? But you really can't unless you find a good game that lets people do opposing roles and mm-hmm. know that the third player is almost never going to be there. Um, so I think knowing that, like, okay, we need a game that fits the world and we need three players, this is the only place I can think of that gives you the beginning of three characters' story. You know, you can jump in later and find three characters, but they're going to have so much backstory as they become one character, then two, then three, that to jump into, like, the drawing of the three, you'd be completely lost with those three characters because they come along at different times. Um, So I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, I think it was a good starting point. That's, it's what I would have done if I was, if you were like, hey, you gotta, you gotta run a game of the Dark Tower and it has to have three people as players. I think it was really interesting that you all decided to have people very familiar with the book and then have someone completely unfamiliar with the book so that there would be that outside perspective. I, like what I would have done differently, I definitely would have had Alex know the character because if you're trying to tell a story about the relationship between three characters and two people know the characters really well and one person has never read a word they've said that dynamic is not going to happen because i know stuff about you i know stuff about you but you don't know anything about me or our interactions and so that makes i think the back and forth really hard that would be my big thing because i remember when we when you first cast me i offered alex i was like hey i can send you 15 pages is all you'd have to read and you would know everything about him. And he was like, no, 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 that's fine because they want me to not know. And for me, like as someone who loves the Dark Tower, and I know that a lot of people love Wizard and Glass because Cuthbert is their favorite character, like that instantly put up a red flag for me. I was like, wait, what? Like the person playing the most popular character is not going to know the source material. So that made me anxious, I think, um, because it hadn't been explained to me yet that it was an intentional thing that you guys were doing for the purpose of, you know, seeing what it was like for one person to have an outside perspective. If you were going to have someone not know the characters, I think a Len is probably a better option because he is the quiet contemplative one. And Cuthbert is such a razor's edge of funny and deadly that, you know, there, there's so much, um, there's such a particular tone to it in the books, I think, that when we were first starting out, like the type of humor, like, cause I think that Alex did a great job mm-hmm. with what we ended up making. But like with me thinking of Roland as much as I know about the character, 
you know, our first couple sessions of interactions, I thought there's no way these two kids would be best friends. And so then instead of trying to make that Cuthbert be more like what I was had in my, you know, my kind of quote unquote backstory, I just tried to let go of more of the character of Roland so that I could mesh with the other characters better. Hmm. So that would be like if I was if I if you were to retcon it, I'd be like, okay, let's do it again and read these 15 pages or listen to this 10 minutes of audiobook because I think that it's going to be super interesting now how we all interact because they are a super deadly trio and they fill in the gaps where the other people are lacking. And I don't think that we as a group did that very well. Like we did not pick up for each other's weaknesses and like the skills that we picked or the way that we interacted with people, which I think is why they're a quartet. You know, a quartet is a, is a group of people who become like a perfect weapon. And so I don't think that we hit that as well as the books do. And then for my casting, I'm going to I'm going to go with a, an older actor and we'll jump back to when they were younger. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Richard Madden, uh, who most people will know as one of the sons in Game of Thrones. He was Rob Stark. Interesting. Okay, yeah. All right, I see it. Hmm, that's a very good choice. Thank you, Red. Yeah. It's too hot. (laughs) Roland is hot. I cannot, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this, Ben. Roland is hot. I I can tell that Ben has a, something he doesn't like about Roland. Because he talks, he like, he he gets all the women in the books. It's because he deserves it. He's super deadly, but I've heard Ben say about like how he should be ugly and he beefs it all the time. Look, Ben and I have had this conversation. I think Ben is too like team Stephen King, where Stephen King is like, I hate Roland, but Roland is like talking out of me. I'm sorry, Stephen King, for making your voice sound like that, but that's what his voice sounds like in my head. It's actually a little more like this. <laughs> Roland is my first true love, okay, y'all? As a teenager reading these books, I was like, I will never have a, a man like Roland, and this is a shame because Roland is the hottest, most attractive, most man most perfect man in the whole world and ben is like roland isn't hot (laughs) like okay saying he's not hot is really not accurate like he's not i don't know i don't know how to describe it like i don't deny that like someone could fall in love with roland he's young clint eastwood Mm -mm, young clint eastwood well he's he's old clint eastwood but (laughs) he even describes him as that in the books he's he is Clint Eastwood from uh, The Man With No Name. What about Paint Your Wagon, though? Have you all seen Paint Your Wagon? <laughs> yes. Where he sings? I'm like, Clint Eastwood is the hottest man alive. I don't hate him. I Okay, so <laughs> let, let me... Adam Sandler. Problematic <laughs> <laughs> crap. But he has this one thing he said that I... I know, what a weird place to go with this. He has this one thing he said one time about, like, I like writing the guy who's having a bad day. I, that really spoke to me, and I think that's Roland to a T. So I think that I do love Roland because he's the guy having a bad day, and it makes him an interesting character. The guy having a bad day can still be a super hottie, and it can still be Richard Madden or young Clint Eastwood. I just wanted to defend against this accusation that I hate Roland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just intrigued by the, I've heard you say that a couple of times in recording that Roland beefs it and other people pick up the slack. I'm, I'm very, and this may be an off mic conversation so we don't spoil things. But I can only think of one moment in the book where he messes up and someone else has to make up for it. Anyway, um, yeah, Richard Madden. That's such a good that's such a good casting. I love it, Rev. It is a good casting. Yeah, I feel like he's got just that kind of quiet intensity, which I think 
that character at any age has to have. Mm, yeah, I like that. Maybe when they finally make this in 20 years, it'll be about right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it is my turn now, if no one else has anything to say. Let's do it. Okay. So um, thank you all so much, first of all, for giving your ideas on what you would have done differently for this series and like thoughts and suggestions. I super duper appreciate that. I want to give my own kind of insight for this. So for the Dark Tower series, I feel like the reason that I that I chose this one, first of all, was because I think it is the perfect story. I think that it has the the perfect amount of action and horror and suspense and romance and friendship. And I love all of these things. As the director however i feel like i had some some pretty big failings honestly and my aspirations were very large but i had a hard time organizing these and boiling them down to a good succinct series and i think that that Alex brought this up about how he said that he as a player didn't do a very good job at directing the the action um and and there was a lot of like piddle paddling I don't actually know what he said he didn't say piddle paddling that's my own like weird <laughs> southernism <laughs> but like it's probably something weird like yeah, that yeah but like <laughs> I wish he had said it <laughs> right <laughs> but no um but I would first like to say that like while I really admire and respect players who help to drive the action along, like, that's not really Alex's job. That's not really any of y'all's job. And that's my job. And I felt like I had all of these ideas and all of these things swarming around. And I felt like that was that was my thing, that, that one of the things that I didn't do a very good job was, was time management. And one of the things that I didn't do a very good job was was um, moving the action along like I should have. So if I could have gone back and redone this, I would have done a million things differently. And just for the record, Alex, you did amazing. You're so good. But that wasn't your job yeah. to do that. But what I really wanted to do when I thought of the Dark Tower, Rev really brought this up and I appreciate him saying this, was... When I thought about this in terms of three player characters who are working on the same side, the only one that I could really think of was with Wizard and Glass. And I, as Ben pointed out, I truly love Wizard and Glass. I am a dang sucker for romance. And, like, 18-year-old me reading Wizard and Glass for the first time was like, this is as good as it gets. This is the epitome of romance. Aww. So if I am thinking of from the idea of a director who is trying to introduce these ideas to a new audience, but also who has three playable characters, I thought about Roland and his two BFFs and how they did all of these things together how they went on this wild adventure together and they didn't even think it was going to be as much of an adventure as it was but it was life-changing especially for Roland when I thought about that I was like the only possible option is wizard and glass but <sighs> alas I feel like I I missed the mark on a lot of things 
But I think what's most important to, to talk about here is that if I were to retcon this as the director who already did the thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would have done this. I would have done Wizard and Glass. And the reason um, is because I know what audience I want. For this movie, I want the audience of people who, first of all, have read the books, but also, more importantly, the ones, the Alexes and the... The Alexes and the Nick Butlers and that... And the Chris Shots who, like, I want them, like, an introduction to this, but also, like, I want to get that new generation, that new audience who is, like, in that preteen slash teen world and that I want to hook them into it. And so I felt like... Having a teen movie is just, like, a good idea, and having this backstory is a good idea. And one of the things that I thought that would be cool is it's like an origin story, right? Like, this would be, like, such a cool origin story. Yeah. There are a lot of things that I would do different, but I would 100% do this book again. And um, I think that this book would be one of those one of those sweet spots. But, yeah, I really I really appreciate everyone who played with me and who listened to this. If I were to decide what director I would use to direct this movie... This is new! I would choose Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins um, directed Wonder Woman, and I thought that Wonder Woman was a Mm -hmm. phenomenal movie. Okay, so earlier we talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we also talked about how DC just, like, didn't do it very well, and they didn't. Alex was talking about how they, like, tried too hard and too fast, and they didn't have the patience and everything. And I totally agree with that, but I thought that Wonder Woman on its own was a masterpiece. It was one of the better ones. Thank you, Alex. I thought that Patty Jenkins showed that she could took something that was in print medium and put it up on the big screen and do a phenomenal job with it. And so she would be able to do a very good adaptation of something. But she also did Monster, and Monster was really dark and gritty. And so I think that she could take something like The Dark Tower and make an adaptation of it that's really dark and gritty and do something really well with it so if i were to choose a director it would be patty jenkins extremely well thought yeah and she she did the period of those movies really well too and you know we didn't really talk about that but wizard and glass is certainly in some way a period piece it is yeah if i could retcon my own retcon i would do it and i would do it in several different ways but one of the things that i would not do would be to change the book because i thought that it was good so i changed a lot from the source material and when i was talking to rev who played roland one of the things that i said to him was please save this girl in in susan because in the source material susan dies and we had this this little bitty chat of how great would it be if susan survived and yeah maybe that doesn't really like go into a good series of the dark tower but at this point honestly i was just making a movie dark tower which is my perimeters and i was like save the fuck out of that girl save her you save her (laughs) and he did he did a good job i think i would have liked the tragic ending he doesn't save her in the book for kind of ridiculous reasons Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it's always mind-boggling that he doesn't save her every time i read through that book again i'm always like i can't believe this series of stupid mistakes you know resulted in this 
right. He should have saved her. He doesn't really learn any, anything from it either, does he? Yeah, he learns to not open his heart to anyone again ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is bullshit. That's the wrong lesson. <laughs> but we've all been For there. For the rest of his life, he thinks about Susan and the beautiful Susan in the window. And he yeah. thinks about like... Uh, like, it's just bullshit. He needed to save her. And that's like, that was my mark as a director. I was like, save this, <laughs> save her. Save, save the girl. Save the universe. <laughs> I like the idea of one of our series, like, having a tragic ending just to, like, have that badge. But also, like, I really appreciate you not fridging, Susan, honestly. It was not going to be this one. I'm sorry. It can be yours, but it's not going to be this one. Sure, 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 yeah. No, I think I appreciate that more. Like, they need to grow up and live happily ever after and do awesome things together. I think that's that's one of the things that turned me off of the series. Um, and this might be a spoiler. We can cut this if we don't need it. Roland not saving that kid mm-hmm. in the first book, mm-hmm. just letting him drop. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't think I can hang with this series. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back around. He regrets it. I, 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 know, I know it comes back around and, and, and the kid's... It would have been back. so hard to do the gunslinger for that reason, though, if we were just going to leave it there, right? Like, Right. Any other ideas or thoughts that y'all have about this movie or this, the- this series or anything else? Should we talk about the RPG system for just like a second? <laughs> yes, we should. What a good idea. So the RPG system we used was Cowboy World... Cowboy, Cowboy World, yeah. Cowboy World. And for the record, Cowboy World seems like a really fun, really cool system. And if you want to play it with your friends, I highly recommend it. However, I am <laughs> the type of person who has my, like, I don't know if it's spatial awareness or... When I read something, I have sometimes a hard time, like, visualizing it. And so when I read this beautiful, beautiful Cowboy World rule book, I could not visualize how this works on paper. So I feel like I did kind of a terrible job with Cowboy World. So I apologize to everyone who likes Cowboy World and also to everyone who is like, perhaps I should do Cowboy World. Don't do it like I did, friends. Don't do that. That is a bad idea. I, uh recorded a, a another playthrough of a different story with Cowboy World yesterday, uh, and I learned a very important rule uh, in the game that we were not doing that would have made a huge difference. Oh my difference. god, what is it? So, when you are shooting, that is called an opposed role. What that means is that if you are shooting against someone else that has a skill in shoot, you subtract their skill from your role. <laughs> Well, that would explain why you were just blowing yep. heads off left and so right. So, like, if if uh, if you know the big coffin hunters had a had a roll had a gun uh, had a shoot of three, I would have been anytime I tried to shoot them, I would have subtracted three from my roll. <laughs> huh. Oh my god! Yep. So I. <laughs> I don't know. It worked. It worked. Uh, it worked yeah. for our purposes. Yeah. But that's why Jensi was so frustrated that we kept just murdering all her NPCs. For the record, I was not frustrated. I was happy that you were doing that. Oh, man. But, okay, so for my NPCs, so I read 
like fight and armor and I was like you got to subtract these things and I was like yeah okay I didn't read the thing about I'm sure I read it but I didn't internalize Yeah so the, the thing that about was cuz early on you tried to roll and I was like oh yeah the NPCs don't roll and I think you were rolling and then you were going to add the fight to the result but it was that that yeah. that number we were we uh subtracted from our result <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. So there you go. There you go, um, audience and listeners. Do that next time you play Cowboy World. Don't do it the way that we did it, because... <laughs> well, now, 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 hold on. <laughs> no, that's good. Cowboy World is why uh, I made Elaine la- leave. <laughs> he, it was the impetus for that, because um, of the grit system, I... You could do a lot of different things with grit, and for me, the most attractive thing was to save up points to oppose having uh, something compelled out of you, you know, like having one of your, like, aspects compelled, Mm -hmm. which I'm getting into fake core talk a little bit here, but this is kind of like fake core Mm -hmm. and Powered by the Apocalypse had a baby, and that baby grew up to be a cowboy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I I really thought when I was going to make him, like, leave that you're going to be like, well, no, you're in love with Roland. I was going to be like, grit! (laughs) Interesting. So even if I had been like, uh, no, Ben, that is not what you get to do because of this, you would still have been like, nah, you don't get to do that, Gen Z, because I have enough grit saved up. It was, yeah, it was, it was just the most attractive thing to me. I was Mm. like, oh, cool. I can like slow burn towards something. Interesting. To this big, like something, like it's been simmering and then it boils over. Okay. Or if you roll as poorly as I do, you could just get those points real, real good fast. Interesting. But I had to sacrifice by making my guy kind of a bumbler, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting because I remember you saying at one point that you were planning to leave from the beginning, and I thought... It was it was more like from about the second yeah. episode, but it was yeah. for a while. I, that's... that's I, I find that really interesting because, again, that whole conversation about, like, what is it that makes this trio story worth telling? And, like, the, you know, the that if there if what is interesting about this group of people is their bond, their connection and how they complement each other and you know the story that we told was three people who really don't and so it made for such a different experience i think it's interesting please write on my grave made controversial character choices <laughs> and i'll be happy in that grave. although i do have to say i think as an improv teacher i'm going to chastise you for making a decision like that 20 hours before it happened mm. fair enough I'm a writer, not an improver. <laughs> but we're playing an improv game. I make I'm, I, I make my strengths work where they can. <laughs> yeah. So can we talk about that? Can we talk about Ben's decision to leave? Is that okay? I accept. I accept your hate. Yes, do it. Like, did I, like, and did like, I, say I accept. Hate? I accept your heart. Uh, no, 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 no. I. This is a uh, hyperbole. But I, I accept harsh criticism of this. I no longer want to do it. I feel bad. <laughs> no, that's what I'm telling you. Is so, um, when, Ben, when you decided to leave, I, oh Lord, um, goodness gracious. The first thought that, that crossed my mind was, why did Ben not talk to me about this? And I felt like, of course, Ben can make character decisions, absolutely, 100%. Like, this is his character, he can make these character decisions, and I would have stood by this. I would have. I would have stood behind it all day, every day. If if this was a character decision that you were like, Gen Z, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, but like, 
Like you had been planning this for so long and you didn't even talk to me about it? Like why? Well, okay, part of it is you kind of made it clear to us at one point that like it was driven totally by our choices. Mhm. I did say um, that. Um yes. and so so it just never occurred to me to. Okay. Which is odd because I would probably demand that from my own players. <laughs> well, I think it's fair for, I did say that, and um, since saying that, I have had it challenged that perhaps in some situations, I did not let you all make the proper choices, and I totally, 100%, like, I agree with that. But, like, I felt like this really took me off guard, and, um, like, completely taking yourself out of the story and your your character out of the story, and it caused a lot of uneasiness in me and I, and I felt like well Ben as a player does not like this game enough yeah as a guest I definitely got the impression that like I was like oh he hates this and wants to leave uh as a guest and I was like uh, that I was like I don't I guess I don't understand how this group dynamic works um and I and but then afterwards when you said like oh yeah I I had this planned from kind of the beginning it I I went, oh, this must be their producer because it feels like he's trying to direct a show he's not actually directing, but like trying to have major influence on the way the plot flows. Yeah, no, it was always a story, uh, like a character choice. It was always a character arc. Yeah, because I mean, grit doesn't affect Bond in Cowboy World. And your Bond is what you what you broke to leave us. Like you can spend grit to ignore a compel on one of your character aspects, but your Bonds are not your character aspects. Well, I boy, I was I was I did not I did not even realize that it would come off as like Ben's quitting, <laughs> and I also didn't know it, it, I I say planned I didn't know it was actually going to happen. Although I, I will say the when, when you shot that guy, I was like, oop, that's my yeah. Opening. I mean, you told me at least four episodes <laughs> before you did it that you were planning to do it. Like you told all of us in Discord, I think. Hmm. But okay. Cowboy World is totally a super cool system, and I very highly recommend it. So yeah, I would recommend specifically for Cowboy World, like, it would probably be a good idea to watch some actual play videos of people going through this. I kind of do that as a habit of any game that I know I have to run, because something on paper versus how it actually comes out in the wash is so different, and... um you know there are there are so many good um, like actual plays of games. I'll even sometimes if I if I know that I'm I don't quite understand a system, I'll use part of my session zero to be like, okay, let's take your character sheets, let's do combat, let's do a social interaction, oh. let's do this, let's do that, so that even the players can be like, wait, is this how that works? Oh, I don't know. Let's look, and you know, we oh. dig through the book together and stuff. That's such a good idea. Uh, and for what it's worth, uh, Cowboy World is by Street Rat Games, uh, and they are at streetratgames.com. Uh, wine and lo- low? Lou? Wine and low. Thank you so much for doing Cowboy World by Street Rat Games. I think it's awesome. I really do think it's a great system, and um, yeah, I think you should play it. All right, does anyone else have anything to say about the movie or the series or the system? I do not. Are, are we going to reveal the next series? Yes, we are going to reveal the next series. Okay, everyone, so thank you all so much for listening to the Dark Tower series. I super appreciate it, and I am so excited for our next series. Our next series uh, is going to be a short series. It's actually going to be an ensemble cast of 
Arrested Development. We're yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna basically redo the fourth slash fifth season of Arrested Development into one probably two or three episode uh It doesn't have a name. It's that experimental. It is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but it should be fun. We've got nine people. Nine mm-hmm. people on this what? series. Wait, including us, That's but so many yes. people. It's crazy. It's, it's our so, largest one. Yeah, including us. What game are you playing? Um, can we know? Uh, it's a thing called it's a thing called Soap. Um, oh. Yeah, it was made in the eighties. Um, so it's a little problematic. Is it like based off of the TV show? It is not based off the TV show, but I did oh, okay. for that reason. Thought it would be a good idea because, like, yeah, Soap the TV show is kind of the prototype. A lot of people think for Arrested Development, and so. We kind of thought, like, I mean, it might be fun if we... So Soap is, like, a funny, like, okay. parody soap opera game. It worked pretty well. Nice. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. That'll... Uh, we're not going to do a writer's room this time. Um, if you've uh, ever listened to the yeah. podcast, um, sometimes we'll have these one-off episodes. We'll just talk about a movie in between. I, just, people just weren't really listening to them. So we're not going to do that uh, in between. So the next episode will be the first episode of Arrest Development, and that will come out on uh, August 4th. August, August 4th. 4th. So meet us August 4th for Arrested Development. It's going to be a wild ride. Thank you. So thank you all so much for joining us. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so thank you to our patrons. We have a couple of patron messages. So one of the perks of being a patron is that you can have us say anything you like without within reason. So Ben Blasius within reason wants us to say, ah, talking muffin. <laughs> Thank you, Ben Blasius. Uh, Thank you, Ben Blasius. I'm always surprised at talking muffins. Same, hard same. And Rob Vincent's uh, Rob Vincent wants us to say Rob Vincent is Mr. Universe in our Discord, and I love him truly, deeply, and fully adore Rob Vincent. He said, if you Never are listening to Roleplay Retcon, you obviously appreciate fine audio content, and the Modern Technology Podcast Network loves you and wants you to be happy. Load up on things you won't regret putting into your ears at modern.technology. I was a guest on the Modern Technology Podcast podcast network and um i really appreciate rob and i love him and you should definitely go listen to that so let's say a final goodbye to rev <laughs> oh I no mean, i don't goodbye. want to do that can we all not good, all good things come goodbye, to rev. all good things come can to we just end. keep him forever <laughs> uh, i mean really only if we say goodbye as if we were in the sound of music if we can do the goodbye <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I am Rev, uh, I'm the host and GM of The Crit Show, which is an actual play podcast where we play Monster of the League and other Powered by the Apocalypse games, uh, all within the same dimension-hopping narrative. Uh, we are also on, uh, Twitch, where every Monday night, um, until right now, season one will end in February, uh, every eight weeks we are doing a different RPG, uh, we just started, uh, Crossroads Carnival. Uh, which is a very dark and sinister game about a uh, group of group of carnival folks uh, in the 1940s traveling across the U.S. Uh, trying to save unsuspecting towns from this dark force uh, that is looming on the horizon. Uh, and then after that, we play uh, Afterlife, 
which is a game about waking up in death and not remembering exactly who you are or how you got there. Uh, and then after that, we do Ghostbusters and then, uh, or actually we do Star Wars, then Ghostbusters. Um, so yeah, you can find all of that over at twitch.tv slash the crit show. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. 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 My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Rev. Rev. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Thank you all so that's much. <laughs> she just she she removes me from the Discord. She's like, all right, that's it. <laughs> Boot. <laughs> Rip the bandaid off. Just just click. Can we just like? Unguessed. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I'm like <laughs> I'm like Steve Carell. I'm sorry. I'm like Michael Scott in that one episode of The Office where he's like, yeah, my dad took me hunting that one time. I shot a deer in the leg, and then I had to hit it with a shovel for like five minutes straight, and it was really hard to kill it. Why would you ask? And that is me with Rev. I don't want to lose Rev. Yeah, I, what? <laughs> Not that I want to hit him with a shovel for five minutes straight. Are we doing misery next? Is that what I'm getting? But... <laughs> Yep. Oh, no. Perhaps. Um, and if we do... Get your ankles ready. <laughs> and a huge shout out and big thank you to Pine Hill Haints for, again, uh, letting us use their music for this series. We appreciate it so much, and their music is amazing. So remember to check out Pine Hill Haints. Um, they're great. Okay, but... Um, thank you for joining yes, us, everyone. everyone. Rev, goodbye. goodbye, kisses. Goodbye. Oh, wait, that, you're supposed to get that last one. <laughs> That's okay. We can get that I, in. How we, we, we did I that remember in. that from like I know. seven months ago? All of a sudden, as soon as you said goodbye kisses, I was like, oh, goodbye. Oh, It is the most important thing. So I remember it being bolded. Alex gets the last word, it, yeah. It, Alex gets the last goodbye, goodbye kisses. <laughs> it's silly they make me do that. Do it, Alex. Do it right now. Goodbye kisses. Hey!